0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on our show, we have the magnificent Susan Lustenberger. Prior to her work as a professional medium, Susan worked in corporate America. Now, she'll tell us about her journey on the show today, but I find it really interesting that she's got a passion for helping people, including helping people in their businesses. In fact, Susan is often hired as chief spiritual officer for startups and companies to guide them to their success. She's been lucky enough to work with an array of clients, including business owners, professional athletes, movie executives, CEOs, and and individuals with the common denominator of making a difference for those seeking answers, guidance, and happiness in their personal lives. Susan is currently writing her book called Surviving Death, based on all of her readings and life experiences as a medium, and it will be out later this year. Susan Lustenberger, welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: I am so thrilled to be here. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm bubbling over, actually. I
0: feel the same so- way. <laughs> I, and I didn't even ask before we got on this. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly?
1: Perfectly. Very Absolutely nice. perfectly.
0: Very nice. Very often people mispronounce my name and I'm, I'm kind of sh- embarrassed to say, excuse me, it's Champlain, not champagne. not Champagne. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Although
0: I do I love feel it. the bubbles. <laughs> so Susan, uh, where where are you talking to us from today?
1: I live in Marin County up by San Francisco, just north of, between San Francisco and Napa. So I have Very a beautiful nice. little one acre ranch and it's just a, my little sanctuary and it's heaven here. And I do my readings. I used to have offices in the city and that wasn't really I didn't like commuting. And so I work with so many people all over the world that I do Skype and I do phones. And then if if people want me to come to them, I come to them. But you, you can do my work, you can do it via anything because it's energy you yeah, know
0: I, th- I think that's fantastic. I've spoken mm-hmm. to people all over the world, and it's amazing how energy comes through and oh, for anyone great. who's interested, if you go to we don 't dot com click on episode ninety nine zero that's the interview with Susan right now, and you can see her beautiful face, and she's also got the website susanlustenberger.com. dot com so all those things and more are on we don't die So, enough of me talking. Susan, how about a little bit of your backstory? Because I know you didn't just wake up and all of a sudden you're a medium at a young age, or were you actually?
1: No, but you know, I will tell you, at, I was four years old when I saw my first spirit, which was my grandfather. And I didn't realize that till a little, till I was about eight or nine. But I always, had the ability to see spirits. And what up until I want to say about five and a half, six, I did not know it was, I did not know what I was seeing. And I did not know that it was really not okay in my family or in society to see those things. So as a result of I saw my grandfather, and then about a year later, I actually, my grandmother's best friend's husband died, and we were getting her ready. We're, I'm from Arizona, and Mm -hmm. we were taking my grandmother to the airport. And the gentleman that had passed came to me and showed me that he was sitting in their kitchen in Texas. And and keep in mind, I was like five, Mm -hmm. and I knew what type of jelly she was putting on her toast. And so, me thinking that would comfort my grandmother. I told her this whole story. And my mom, who is the most passive, non-confrontational woman, took me outside. My grandmother got very upset and grabbed my face and said, you will never utter those words again to your grandmother or to anybody. What are you thinking? And I did not know what I didn't know. And so... I made a very conscious decision in that moment to not ever talk about what I was seeing and what I was experiencing. And so as a result, my life as a child became utterly confusing and with a a little dash of not very safe, right? right? I didn't know what I could talk about and what I couldn't talk about. And a little bit of the backstory on that is, I was raised in a huge Irish family where my mom was Southern Baptist and my dad was Irish Catholic. Wow! And they were cool enough to raise us middle of the road, mm-hmm. and as they evolved, they let us evolve, and so I was really lucky that way. And then I, you know, got into my teens and my early twenties, and I started climbing the corporate ladder and had no use for it. What so didn't even think about it, was always utterly, utterly fascinated by life after death mm-hmm. I, I and reincarnation. Like For me, even as a young, I would have rather have watched a movie or a TV show about that than anything that all my friends were watching. I was really, really, I, I mean, so interested in those things. And now I know it's for good reason, right. because it was my path. So- I kind of dove into corporate America and having fun and moving to LA. I'm an identical twin and we moved to LA together and we had a great time. But then as I started getting older, it started coming back. And as I had my kids and I would, it's when it was before cell phones and I would unplug our house phone when the kids napped and I would just sit and have coffee and kind of catch my breath. And I would start seeing spirits and then I could start hearing them and it became oh my goodness it became so sac- such sacred time for me to get the kids down and connect with spirit and I didn't know that I was actually doing an organized practice and so it and I had a medium we couldn't sell our house so I had a medium come in to find out why the house wasn't selling. And she actually, and I was only, I want to say I was 34. Mm-hmm. And she, she said, you will be a medium, but you really are not grounded. You must get grounded in in who you are in your path, and you will become an active working medium. And I, it was like music to my ears, but I didn't believe her because my whole belief system was based on the limiting beliefs that I was raised with. So right. awesome. then... I started, we started, my husband and I, at the time we were, um, I'm no longer married, but at the time we would play this game, How Psychic is Susan? <laughs> and he got the biggest kick out of it. And he would, I mean, he was such a critic and I could prove over and over and over. Like I could tell him, okay, we're going to go to Disneyland and we're going to see these people and this is what's going to happen. And this is how it's going to go down. And it would always happen. Always, 100% wow. of the time. So it was fun and it took away that scary ego thing of, you know, what am I doing? But on the flip side of the psychic thing, the mediumship thing really, really started coming strongly and I started getting a lot of messages and I didn't really know what to do with that. And then my dad passed away and I swear if that man didn't give me the full blown gift of mediumship or getting, I guess, all my natural born gifts back. Because as he, I was with him, as he passed and went into energy and went into the spirit world, it was like something physically happened to me and I couldn't control it. I couldn't control, it was like a movie, I couldn't control who was coming to me, what I, I mean, I was seeing things everywhere. And so I decided, boy, here it is, and you don't know what to do with it. So let's get some education. Mm-hmm. And I started doing, I started like workshops and I signed up for schools. And But here's the thing, I was clairvoyant and cognizant by birth. And I had done everything in my power to shut down Claire sentient, And that still is something that just now I'm okay with it coming back. So when it came back to me, it came back in the most organic natural way and it was just ever present. And it was through meditation because I've been, a, I, I've been a practicing meditator for for decades actually. Mm-hmm. And it was through that, that I could actually organize it and organize how I could help in the world, and then I just um started to help and i and i was I was a private meditation coach is how in San Diego and I would go in and I would be meditating teaching people how to meditate, and then all of a sudden these spirits would come in and energy would get you know really expanded and I knew things and then I just I, I really honestly, Sandra let let spirit guide me to do what I needed to do in this
0: world. Wow. Susan, can you back up just one second? You, sure. you brought up clairvoyance which I I know that term and I think many people do, but maybe you could discuss what it is, but claircognizant and clairsentient, what those mean? Yes. So,
1: there's five main clairs and and clairvoyance is the is clairvoyance and actually clairsentience are the most common clairsentience is clear feeling and it's when you walk in a room and you can feel like something has just happened but everybody's saying everything's good Claire cognizance has to be one of the most confusing. And by far, it was so confusing for me. And that is clear knowing. And it is when you walk into a situation or you're sitting with somebody and you know everything. Like I was that child. It's funny. We laugh now. I was that child that always was, I knew, I just knew. And I didn't, I always just said, if I knew something, I knew. And they'd say, how do you know that? I'd say, it's what they said and it it didn't for me come in as clairaudience until i developed clairaudience which is clear hearing but claircognizance is like it's like you're a computer and all of this information is being downloaded and it's very confusing as a child because you think in some cases that you are lying cuz you just said something that you have no you don't have any proof of right. and then it comes true so it's, it's a really slippery slope and I will tell you one of the most recent um, experiences that I had that even you would still think after all this, these years of doing this, I would get it, but I didn't. I um, was doing a favor for a friend of mine and I was private chefing at a party for her like I was going to cook for all of our friends. and it You was do a- it all, girl. Oh my. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but anyway... I um, called her out of the blue and I said, Robin, I can't do dinner on Saturday night. I can't. I'm so sorry, but you have to find somebody else because my mom has bladder cancer and I'm going home. And Sandra, I just about died because my mom didn't. And I, my mom was perfectly fine when I made that phone call until I got another phone call, which was my sister saying, mom has bladder cancer and you need to come home. Wow. And still, I mean, that wasn't even that long ago. That was like, I think that was six years ago, maybe five years ago. It's still, I still had that little bit of self-judgment where I was like, you are a horrible person and why do you even want to get out of private chefing? You know, but it just, we're still, we still are human. Um, and my mom is fine and she's, but that was the fact and it just came pouring out of my mouth as knowledge and that is claircognizance wow
0: and my yeah. my heart aches to you as a little kid you we often hear stories of little kids that either have like past life memories or they um, can see people, you know, and all these great things. And I, you know, I wonder, like, oh, it must just be them growing up, and the little voice inside our heads grow, and we get busy in real life. And meanwhile, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of little kids that when they voice something, it might freak out or scare a, a relative or someone in their life, and they tell them to stay quiet. I mean,
1: <laughs> and here's the thing: it was every spirit that ever came to me, every experience I ever had was never scary. And I believed it more than I believed what I was seeing sometimes in my own home. Wow! And so to be told I was wrong. Like when I actually, when I finally told my mom, I think I was eight or nine, when I finally told my mom that my grandfather had, had woken us up while we were at my grandmother's house. And I said, yeah, I said, Posse woke up and woke us up and told us Mama was making bunny rabbit pancakes, and we went out and they, they were. Mm-hmm. And she just said, Honey, no, you know, your grandfather had died. She wasn't living in that house when he was alive. And just, and so it was just like at some point as a child, you just stop. You just stop that communication because you get really clearly that it's not acceptable. Does that make sense? It does. It
0: just just makes me sad. sad. I know.
1: I know. And you know, it's so funny because I had to come out of my closet, what I think three years ago with my mom, and I finally told her. And she said to me, we had this great talk. And my whole family has always kind of wondered. And they've thought, oh, Susan's a meditation coach because there was some stuff there. And so I finally, my mom... Asked and she was in the hospital, and I sat down in her bed and I said, "Well, I'm going to tell you what how my day goes, and you tell me what I am." Uh-huh. And so I told her a typical day with a reading, and my mom said, "Do you actually call yourself a medium?" And I said, "I do." I said, "And mom, I have a website, and I said, and I oh. help people." And she all oh, my, my mom just said, "How come you never told me?" And I kind of laughed. And I just said, well, actually I did. <laughs> and I just said, you know, mom, I was really little. And I said, and and I told her about my grandmother's incident where my mom, and she, you know, I mean, my mom, I was the youngest of four kids. And so it was, I think, I think in her defense, like it was just, you know, is, is she just making this up? Is she trying to? you know, what is that? I don't think anybody in the 60s thought, wow, she's a medium that we just didn't go there then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know our parents did the best they could. And most of them were in their young 20s. And, you know, they're whole different people. Now, my mom's in her 70s. And, you know, she's a whole different human being than she probably was then, as am I. Right,
1: for sure. That's exactly. And you have to look at it that way. And so, I don't feel, um, like, and and here's the thing. And especially now doing one of the things I do, I needed to have all of those sensories shut down and dormant so I could exist in corporate America. So I could exist in, you know, what I was doing and having fun. I could not have done it. When I was in high school, I could only go out one night during the weekend because it was too overwhelming for me. And so it is such a gift that I shut all of that down until I learned everything I needed to know cuz we learned that way too and then I, you know, perfected what how I could go back and help that environment in which I I I don't know how people work in corporate America. Anymore, And we are changing. And there is huge cultural shifts going towards consciousness and awakening. And it's so awesome. But we've got a long way to go.
0: Mm -hmm. Susan, when you started getting into life after death things and mediumship and, you know, from corporate America to being a medium, was it like you had to turn the switch back on? You might have said it earlier, but I mean, is it something that like you really closed it off and then it just kept knocking on your door that like, I'm supposed to do this?
1: Yes. Yes. And I have to say when I, as I was getting closer to the defining moment of being who I was, and Mm -hmm. I don't even mean being a practicing medium, I mean, all of a sudden being filled with that, Um, it got more and more difficult for me to go to work every day. And I was, uh, in my career, I was director in sales of marketing for Hilton, for Starwood, for Outrigger. I, you know, I mean, it was a high corporate driven market Uh and it got to the point I couldn't do it. I mean, it got so painful and it's, and I wasn't connecting the dots that my time spent a spend spent alone, you know, having, you know, dealing with spirit and meditating and becoming almost, I want to say, not addicted, but boy, it was a sure of a more comfortable place for me to be in than corporate America that, you know, um, it did, that's a perfect, perfect way to put it is it did keep knocking on my door until, I want to say really until my dad died, and it, there was really cool. I mean, my dad. It, it was his journey was so fast and so intense, and I'm so grateful that um, he picked me to be with him when he passed. Me and my twin sister, and I believe people pick who they pass with and how they pass, and that's part of a really strong. Knowing this, I have from what I do. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful. And I feel like I needed to be in that room to, to close up the deal. You know, I feel like that I had to, I had to go through that to accept that, yep, this is not death. This is just a transition. This is like, and even my dad, a few days before he died, just looked at all of us and said, well, this is a journey I haven't been on yet. Or no, an adventure. And he was right. Like and and that's what I know to be true.
0: Wow, I'm just having flashbacks of my own dad right now and when I was with him in his final moments. Yeah. <sighs> um, I know. Yeah. Anyways, our dads are special. And I know, I, they are. And I'm also thinking just Whoever's listening right now, there's things that happen in our past, and some times that that are really tough or a real critical moments. And like when you're in the heat of it all, and in that moment, like my dad's passing was not anything magical from one life to another. It was just the suffering and fear and and all that. But looking back on any times that we have like that. Uh, And it may take years from when you're experiencing it. You can sometimes really see had that not happened that way, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. And it it sounds like for you, Susan, and for me, and for many people that I've talked to, some of those most painful moments are actually give us the biggest gift in life because they allow us to be who we are now for people.
1: Oh, my Lord, I totally believe that. And I believe that on every in everything we do, takes us to the very next moment, which takes us, you know, all the way to exactly what we're supposed to be here for.
0: Yeah, that's that's good, a good thing to think about because sometimes yeah. I, I know, I'm, I'm <laughs> certainly <laughs> human. <laughs> I think I should be somewhere else by now, or I, you know, I can't believe <laughs> yes. that something happens the way it does, and it's just like, oh no! But to just maybe trust, right? Trust.
1: Yeah. It's all a big cliff to jump off of, and yeah. we get we're caught. We're always caught.
0: <laughs> so, did you jump off the cliff and quit your job in corporate America and go into being a medium? How did that happen?
1: Um, no? Actually, I took a little longer route. I actually quit my job mm-hmm. and became a stay at home mom. Okay. And became, I worked with, I, oddly enough, this came up totally in my path. I did some, I was, I became a designer. And in our little, we lived, we had moved into San, to San Diego and um, just really worked on raising three kids and becoming a medium and not, not really in a way that I felt really comfortable about. I mean, I was so closeted as this medium and I would go to Hay House functions, you know, like I was in search of all the knowledge in the world right. because I felt like I couldn't do it until I had all the knowledge in the world, which is absurd. But that's how I felt. And so, no, I was, a, I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And then as things progressed and right after my dad passed, on my personal life, on my human life instead of my being life, my human life was kind of in um, dis array with a really failing marriage mm-hmm. and a really, I was at a choice point in my life about happiness. And so one day I woke up and I had three little children and I capsized the sinking ship and I sat down with my husband and told him it, that we were over and he, it, I mean, it wasn't a shock but then I moved, and I moved to Northern California from Southern California and uprooted my children and came and just made the conscious choice to be happy. And I did I did that without knowing what I was going to do for a living. Like, I didn't have a plan. This was not, this was just guided. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved here, I had... um I didn't know if it was going to go smooth or not so smooth with my ex-husband and the divorce. And I was told by my mentor at the time that I might want to, since everything was kind of up in the air and negative, I might not want to do a lot of meditation and really focus on this because energy. And I picked a town that is not open to this at all and is very, very based in Christianity and. Um, it's a very small town and it's beautiful and I love it, but they did not love me. Hmm. So I opened an eatery with all the food that I, would I just always was a really good cook. And so I made, I had a restaurant where I cooked one thing every night and you had to take it to go <laughs> and yeah. And, and it took off. I mean, it just took off and I did it for one year, and I got all the capital I needed to be safe for another year, hanging my shingle as a medium wow. for my kids and I. And that was such a gift. And when it was over, it was over. And I walked away. And I was so happy I did that. And then I just hung my shingle. And my phone, out of the blue, I someone said, I found you on Yelp. And there was no way they found me on Yelp. I wasn't on Yelp. <laughs> and it just was, they were guided. I, you know, I sat in a meditation and part of my, I meditate twice a day. And part of my meditation is I call in my spirit net and those are my guides. I'm heavily, heavily in relationship with my guides. And I ask them to send me who needs me. And it, it's amazing how that works better than any social media than any advertise anything. They just find, who needs you, finds you. And that was about six years ago. And so when I finally came out of my closet, I just became slammed, you know?
0: I, I do know, a little bit different, but I was petrified to tell people I was writing a book about life after death and I'm always scared when I'm sitting next to somebody on an airplane. And they say, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" Because I'm like, because <laughs> speaking of food, I, I am a chef, and I I know <laughs> cook for race car teams, soon to be in your area at Laguna Seca Raceway in Monterey. Um wow. But the, you know, there's that there's there's that fear there. But then when I say it, it I can't believe how many more people than. I think will, you know, they want to know, they, they're they interested in life after death, they've had some strange experience, it's just like <laughs> this whirlwind of, oh, I believe in that too, oh my gosh, you know, but it's so, so e- easy to think that they wouldn't. So I can see why people would flood to you, and what was it like if, you know, because we talk about... Uh, life After Death, obviously, on this show. But do you remember some of the first readings that you did with people that you really touched them, that their l- loved ones were nearby? Do you remember that experience? I mean, I know you still live that when you talk to clients, um, but just... No, what a- I,
1: I absolutely do. I actually have one gentleman that um, called me and booked an appointment using a fake name. And, you know, that never works when you're talking to a psychic or a medium. Right. <laughs> did. And he his son had passed. And so he came in and he sat in my living room. And I said, um, we were kind of making niceties and I did the blessing and protected us. And then I said, so, you know, you're Max's dad. (laughs) And he just looked at me and it was so profound what this, and I said, he's, he's right next to you. And the, the conversation, the triangle between the three of us. And I said, and I was telling him, I said, you know, the cupboards in the kitchen, I said, that's not your wife. It's not your other kids. That's Max. He does it all the time. He started to laugh and he goes, we were just arguing about the cupboards today. Cause I come in and the cupboards are all open. And I said, yes, I know. I said, because I came out this morning and my cupboards were all open. I said, Max was showing me what to tell you. And then I, I had told him, I said, he's always, one of the things I said before the reading was over, I said, Max wants me to tell you this. I said, he is always standing right by you, always. And, you know, this gentleman was taking copious notes and he was really taking it all in. and. Um, he had shared, I had told him that the two boys that were with his son when he passed were really not doing well and that really needed a connection. And he started to cry. And I said, You, I said, Max would like you to reach out to them and he's made it easy for you. And he started to cry. And he actually told me that the day before he was cleaning out his office and a piece of paper fell out of an old file with those two boys' names and phone numbers on it. Hmm. And that, those are the things that I get to experience every single day. Because what my goal is, is for, I love that I am a flashlight for people or that I'm a bridge or that I'm a microphone. I would love people to know they can do it too and that they can have, uh, have access to the people they love. I believe that there's a reason they can't. And that's because it, it would, there would be an imbalance. If you could always be hanging out with somebody you missed, you might choose to do that instead of get up and go to work. Do you know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah, I know just what you're saying. There's people that so, are addicted to yes, finding mediums and yes, and all that. Yes, yeah.
1: Yes. And, but so to circle back around to this reading is I got an email the next day from this gentleman. And as he left my house and he started his car and he hadn't listened to the radio on the way to my house, but as he started his car, that song, um, it's from, I guess, a movie. And it's, I Will Stand By You, Mm -hmm. came on and was playing. And to be able to give people the reasons things happen in their life that they can't explain are amazing. And the other experience that I had was my very first reading here, not in San Diego, um, but after I came out of the closet and a woman came to me and I do automatic writing, which is what I go into a deep meditation and I start to writing and, and her father, she was, um, Chinese, very traditional Chinese, but she had moved here and she had moved here against the will of her father. And he then passed and she couldn't go be there. Um, He had come to me and I had done automatic writing and I had written a letter to this woman from her father. And it was the most beautiful letter of love and forgiveness, and it, when we pass and we are, you know, like when we transition and we're energy and we're spirit, we don't, we are not culturally bound. We are not, you know, religion bound. We, we just aren't. And this letter healed her so much that, I mean, and she, was such a sad person. And her great-grandmother, I said, I'm seeing your great-grandmother is shooing kids. There's little kids running around you and she's shooing them away. And I said, you don't want children. And I said, and she, she said, I don't at all. And I said, you won't, that's not on your path here. I said, but your grandmother's acting as a spirit guide, which is rare that our family does. I said, but, she is protecting that she's honoring that in you and and she's helping with that on your path because she was in a relationship where the man wanted children, mm-hmm. so it's those little things I mean you know i that's why I'm writing a book because there's so many stories that are go from the little sweet things to unbelievable happenings, and I feel like when I was when i was looking for answers and when i was looking to connect with a truth that i was born with but i had shut down it was those stories of other people in books that validated me as i sat in my little you know suburbia closet and i knew i knew what i had experienced was real and that's what i want people to know cuz like you sandra people all the time when I, when I do tell them what I, who I am and what I do, they always have a story and I don't care. It doesn't matter because it's not tied to what we are tied to here.
0: Right. And we as human beings, um, I think it's just nature of the beast. I mean, we have fear, we have the self-preservation, we care about what people think. I mean, most of us do anyways a lot of times i mean there's a real fear if gosh if people knew this about me they wouldn't like me and it's not like you're a good or bad person but like that's just part of being human that's like we've got this need to look good and avoid looking bad you know and we don't want to embarrass our kids or or anything so we kind of keep quiet about this stuff and one of the big passions I have with this radio show, and I think one of the reasons the listeners or the amount of listeners are growing so rapidly is because when we can either read in your book these stories that it's like, ah, this is real, or we can hear a great conversation with you, Susan, or maybe someone else, or just you know, go to going to a retreat or going to a seminar or things like that it makes us remember like this is real because I think yeah. our humanness is, is in one, probably one of the reasons we're on earth is, um, or part of being human is, is to forget who we really are. Because I think like you had mentioned, if we are locked in with a medium 24-7 or trying to make contact mm-hmm. with uh, those in the hereafter, it's like we avoid living life, which I think is the whole reason we're here on earth.
1: Right. Oh, for sure. And You know, when I – I had two fears coming out of my mediumship closet, and one was that I would be rejected by people that I loved or my children would be rejected. Oh, sure. And that happened – I cannot even tell you. My children, no birthday parties, no playdates, no, you know – uh, I, it, it, nobody would talk to me at the grocery store when they had just been buying my meals, Aww. which no, it was so great. It it was so great. But here's the thing. I sat my kids down and I said, here's, here's what's happened for us. And my kids are so good with what it is I do mm-hmm. and what the bigger picture is that they went out and they found real friends. Yes, And they found, and and I did, like I got supported by people that I adore and they adored me. And it's so funny, I will see people in the grocery store and they'll go, are you still doing that thing? <laughs> that and thing. so I, I get a little louder and I'm like, yes, I'm still a medium. <laughs> and for me, it was such a growth thing. And my other fear, Sandra, I have to tell you was that I would be wrong. Yes. And that I would give somebody really wrong information. And here's, there's two problems with that. One, I was so wrong and I write about it in my book and I write about it in detail because it was probably one, what I deemed as one of the most important readings I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was wrong Or, or or I, I still know I got the information and I know it wasn't me. So I'm still a tad confused, right? But the other thing is, is it's not me delivering the message. It is my mouth and my voice and my eyes looking at you, but it is spirit, spirits communicating with me and, and I am their microphone. You know, it's, it's, and I really, it's not an ego thing. It's that I am here to serve and I serve spirits here because we are all spirits. We're Mm -hmm. all spiritual beings. And I serve the spirit world and I am so committed to that, you know, and I feel that um, I needed to learn those two humbling experiences so I could get over myself.
0: Well, I'm glad you shared it because I need a little getting over myself. Um, (laughs) Many of my listeners know this and some do not, but I'm a student in Martin Twycross, who is our mutual connection, Um, his, his, (laughs) his course in mediumship. And then in May 2016, I will be going to the Arthur Finley School. There's a course on mediumship there because I have had some really right on medium readings that I've done, and then also some super duper duper wrong. And I mean, I've got that question like, oh my gosh, I'm not meant to be doing this and I just want to know one way or another because I'm frightened to tell people because if they should say, well, who do you see around me? Susan, I'm frightened to be wrong. So I'd rather not open my mouth or not tell anybody. And I just love what you said, that it's it's not you delivering the message. You're just here to serve. And I was like, oh, all right.
1: Yeah. And look at it that way, Sandra, because here's the thing if you like, there's times, cause I do a meditation before I do a reading. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I want to be really, really like, maybe that's the corporate in me, but I really want to, you know, I want to, I want to really do a good job. And so there will be times I have nothing. And so I say my prayer and I ask spirit to come in and I'm like, look, when they're sitting in front of me, this is they it's important. Like, yeah, let me help. And it just comes in and it's And that's the thing, but it's, you have to always remember it is not you. Now, the one thing we do is we try to make sense of it. The, my biggest thing that I will always say when I find myself trying to do that, I will look right at my client and I will say, this makes literally no sense to me. And 100% of the time, it is something so significant to your client, that it should never make sense to you because it is, it is, it is a message for them, not for you.
0: That's perfect validation too. Yes. Perfect validation. Wow. Susan, you're the best. How about, how did you get into or have a passion for helping um, business owners and People in business because I love how you called yourself a uh, chief spiritual officer. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> That's because my clients call me that. I'm ah. I, I am, I am the luckiest girl in the world. And here's how: is people would come to me for a reading, and yeah. I a, and just personally, and I would do a reading. And you know, as a clairvoyant and as a medium, I can see what's in store, and, and I b- believe it wholeheartedly. And people would be like, "I don't okay." How do I get there? And so I would like, whether I mentored them or they worked with me, I, I do a I do a preceptorship that's a year long. I do like a six month um, small preceptorship and I would help them. And what we found is as they were actually becoming more conscious and more expanded, they would look at their companies and they would see the dysfunction that they had created or that they were just working in. And it became unacceptable as they vibrated higher and had a different energy. And so they actually started bringing me in as a consultant. And at first, you know, it, it, it kind of was two steps back where it was like I was going in as a marketing consultant. And um, then that shifted. I have to tell you, that shifted so fast. And what happened is somebody would show me a business plan and I would look at it. And I would pull energy on this business plan and I would immediately start shifting things around and they would, the success that the companies had was you couldn't, you couldn't make sense of it. It was so, and it's all spiritually based and it's all, um, you know, the energy of it instead of saying, well, our competitor is doing this. It's like, well, but see just like every human's a spirit, every work endeavor is a spiritual endeavor, and they're all different. Wow! And it just took off. So you know, one thing led to another, and I work with um, the majority of my corporate clients, believe it or not, are on the East Coast, and and here I am in California, where everybody thinks we're airy fairy and ooga booga, and <laughs> you know, beach hippies. That most of my clients are in. Um, the East Coast, like Maryland, I do a lot in Maryland, I do a lot in New York. And I do things like I will work hand in hand with a CEO or owner of a company. And I will help read energy of, you know, when they're transitioning, executive committee members, and I go in, and then I work with each person. And so that's really why they call me a chief spiritual officer, because I don't, you know, I don't come in with mala beads and I don't come in and try to make you something you're not. Because spirituality is not what we wear. It is not yoga. It is not any of that. It is every decision we make from the moment our feet hit the floor in the morning. And it's what brings us closer to our genuine happiness and and spirit and the universe or what brings us farther. And so I work with people to really shift them into just overriding that and going always towards happiness.
0: Wow, that's a really good way to say spirituality. Because yep. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that life is an education for our soul, and yes. that whatever it is, small things, big things, it, it, it's all, it's all good. So to be able to apply that in business, it's pretty it, awesome.
1: It's and and here's the thing. I mean, it's so. We, here's the dysfunction a little bit of, of the spirituality and especially because you know if you have spirit guides we every single one of us has spirit guides they're there with you at work and we you know even for me when I first started being brought in to corporate America I was like okay well you know here's the thing I wear a lot of turquoise jewelry and I wear you know I I Don't dress in a business suit and I wouldn't be good in a business suit. And so for me, it's like, look, that it is not that. That's why I can say it's not what you wear. Here's the thing. I am a spiritually guided person, whether I am sitting in my little sanctuary where I am sitting right now talking to you, looking at deer, or whether I am in um, a huge, huge corporation And we, there's that disconnect where we feel like we can be spiritual and meditate and really connect in with this universe. But boy, on Monday morning at 730, when we hit that commute, we turn off. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And my job is to make sure that if your eyes are closed and you wake up in the morning, you are so happy and so calm that you don't know if it's Saturday morning or Monday morning. And that's my job.
0: Wow.
1: And I only do that through spirit. Like everybody that hires me knows I'm a medium. And and when I get pulled in to do a to do a retreat or when I get to to do a workshop. You know, I have people that will say, "Can you just not let people know until they get to know you?" And uh, you know, that would be great if I could say that, but really it's going to go down how it's going to go down and I'm so so normal like i always tell people i drive a minivan i make snacks for soccer like i'm you know i grocery shop i do laundry and 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 i'm i'm not like there is not i'm not a tv show i am not a performer you know i always people will sit down and go are you like the long island medium and i always tell them i'm not because she is a very talented medium, but she's not like the Long Island medium when she's at home. Exactly. Like, it's a TV show. Right. And so, no, you're not being filmed right now. There's not, you know, and so, and that's the thing is it's like we all, I love doing platform work. That is one of the reasons how you and I connected is Martin Twycross is amazing, and what he teaches and how he teaches it is phenomenal. I want to get better and better and better. So there's always more to learn, you know, but we have to. Right now, I do readings all the time and I get brought in. We need to change how corporate America is so we can change this world.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And just just remembering, you you never know who's in your life and you look at them and they might be wearing the suit or they might be ultra professional, but you have no idea who their soul is lurking within them. Right. You, You know, you have no idea. And if we can get into practice of just looking at human beings as the soul beneath that, you know, everybody's on their own growth spurt and and everything wow yeah. susan our time's going by fast so i, I don't I just at the I, I'm like what happens <laughs> so i don't want to not have you share anything that you're passionate about or I'm, I'm trying to think what question haven't i asked you that i should or is there something burning inside that you can share with our listeners so that we can wake up tomorrow morning or even the rest of today today and be happy. I mean, what, what, uh, where should we go from here in our last is, 10 minutes I or so? Can, it,
1: there's, there's a few things. Okay. Um, but one of the, the most important thing is this. Slow down. Slow down to live at a pace where your intuition can talk to you and where you can hear it. We are so busy rushing, and we wear stress like it's a, you know, coat of honor. And we need to slow down to hear the voices of spirits and of spirit guides. And they're not scary. And how, you know, that is so much what I wish for the world. And I chose to do that. I was, our life was fast, fast, fast. And I did. I did an extreme move. But boy, Was it the right move? And I'm not saying that move is for everybody. You can be in the most fast-paced corporate job, but take a moment to just center with who you are. And in any moment, ask yourself, is is what I am doing right now moving me closer to happy life? Wow. And, And if that answer is no, then or if it's a have to you know figure out what it is how you can shift it and make it a you know feel like a closer step doing dishes we need to ground you need like i always tell people this is how like like i guess mainstream i am if somebody comes to me and they need to be grounded I most definitely don't say go hold crystals and meditate. I say you get out in the garden or you do your dishes, you know, make a dinner. Like that grounds us into this earth. But we are spiritual beings walking in this earth. That is not, that's just, that's who animates these bodies is our spirit. Mm. Our spirit is not outside of us. This is our car this is what we're driving on this trip. Right. But we get to pick another car the next go around. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's so, I I wish people could see what I see or feel or, you know, know because it's not a sad world. It's not, it's not as scary as, it, as people think.
0: That's good news because it sure feels like it.
1: I know. I know. And it's, um, but but it's, it's not. And people really need to ground in their little lives, right? Their bubble. Like, that's what I always tell people when they come in and they want to know what in the world is about to happen. Uh-huh. It's like, don't worry about what's about to happen. How's your bubble? Did it change the last, like- How's your bubble? Like, let's keep that intact and stop letting other bubbles come into yours because that's not reality. What do you
0: mean by bubble and grounding? Because I, I think I know, but now you so, just brought up bubble. So, I'm like, what is she talking okay, about? Okay, so, but what I
1: mean by bubble is your own little world. Okay, like my world is filled with work and kids, and you know, my world, my world only changes. When I decide it's going to change, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now, what I mean by grounding is that when we are so living for the future,
0: mm-hmm. or when
1: we are living in past memories of of who's done what stories, Right. We are not grounded into this moment.
0: Okay.
1: And we are not grounded into who we are. I mean, one of the things that I do is I get people to know to the very core of their beings who they are and what they love and where they glean happiness from. Cause then that makes them happier. And so you need to, you know, put a list. If you do dishes all the time, put a list, you know, above the sink of what makes you happy. Who are you? Like ground into that and don't. Go, like I have people that come to me that that don't even feel like they're in their body and that's because they are living on super super social media out there and they're paying attention to everybody else but they don't know what they want. I have more people come to me as, you know, as a to do a self-realization for leaders and they are they think their happiness is in their neighbor's driveway. Or they think their happiness is telling everybody where their child is going to college. And that is not it at all. Happiness is if everything disappeared, how you feel in your soul and in your heart. And you can be a happy, mad person. You can be a happy, sad person. You can be a happy, annoyed person, frustrated person. But you must hold happiness in your heart. And and that's why we're here, is to be love and happy.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I get <laughs> well, it makes life really, really fun. It's so funny. I get really quiet and I, I don't know what to ask next. And for anybody listening, what's happening is is I'm mapping everything you say onto my life and going, Oh my God, I'm moving too fast. I'm thinking of the future. I'm thinking of the past. So <laughs> like, oh my God, it's me. It's me. It's me. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's, you know, we we it, we just need to and that's the slowing down. When you slow it down enough to pay attention. You know, it, it. You start noticing beautiful little things in yeah. your life that you've created. You know, th- not media, not TV shows, but you created it. Right.
0: What a gift you are, Susan. Oh. <laughs> Thank
1: you. You are too. I love this show. I'm so. I'm so thankful to be able to have this time to talk with
0: you thanks and not knocking social media because that's how we met (laughs) well no and
1: here's the deal social media I have some of the best friends in my that I've ever had in my life because of Facebook no I'm a I'm such an advocate but balance
0: oh I agree I most definitely agree yeah we get we can get caught up in what other people are doing and oh my goodness it, oh gosh there's so many things we can get caught up on oh well thank you susan thank you are so you. Thank, thank you thank you, thank you. You're so welcome. oh my gosh and you brought up earlier my martin twycross we talked about him a few times um i can't remember what episode number he is but he's i don't even remember but I
1: think just he's maybe like four ago. Four
0: <laughs> ago, so he might be eighty something. But Martin yeah. Qu- Twycross is a, was a guy, a skeptic and atheist, who's now a top medium teaching mediumship, and what an incredible story!
1: Oh, and he's just wonderful. He has,
0: oh my God, he's great. He's just he's fantastic. Um, I'll have to let him know that we've been talking about. Yeah, him. his ears.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure he knows. His ears are burning. Yeah.
0: We'll, <laughs> we'll certainly (laughs) let them know but also to you our listener thank you from the bottom of our hearts for taking this past hour and listening so i really hope it's been of value um i'm i'm all about all of us having a great life remembering we're souls having a human experience um reminding us all that life after death is real. Your loved ones are still around. You get to see them again. Your life is for a purpose. You are surrounded by an invisible team of angels and spirit guides of those who are with you and want you to have the best life ever. It does take, like Susan said, getting grounded and slowing down and getting into the present moment to be able to listen Uh, Listen to your own intuition. Listen to your guidance. It takes trust because I know because I've, I've lived life almost 50 years now. My birthday's coming up next week. Oh, um, But life can be really hard and it can be really painful and there can be a lot of suffering. And I wish I had all the answers, um, but I do know one thing. When we make it through to the other side of our own grief and our own suffering, very often we can find our life's purpose or we can just have some wisdom that we're able to help someone else on their path. And I think, Susan, you may agree, the absolute best gift uh, you can ever have as a human being is making a difference in someone else's life
1: oh a hundred percent
0: for sure yeah in fact you know i was down a couple of days ago um and i i I was really down as a matter of fact and i couldn't put my finger on exactly what it was and i just i happened to read something on facebook and it, it just talked about uh Either witnessing something inspiring or making a difference for another person and I ended up watching a couple of short videos on YouTube of people making a difference in another person's life and it was like I did it myself. It just really recharged me into it's life.
1: It's so real. It's yeah. so real, this this reaching out and, and doing things beyond you is yes. so important for us as, a, as you know as humanity
0: yeah it does it is and, and it's it's the best so in closing i had seen this on susan's website which is susanlustenberger.com life is too short to live an unhappy one <laughs> that's brilliant well that's so true right yes <laughs> and to slow down and to really, let's all, if you're up for a little homework today, I'll take this on. Ask yourself the question, what makes me happy?
1: Oh, Sandra, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so good.
0: It's a simple one, but profound. And and it's not going to be what you can do in the future, or what you had maybe in the past that's long gone. But like right now, what makes you happy? It can be the smallest things ever. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. And like I said, I do believe that life is an education for the soul, and that your life here on Earth is important. I invite you to go to we don't die radio dot com and check out some of the other episodes. And if you're daring, share them with your friends and social media. <laughs> I love that because it it helps. You have no idea the people in your life. I mean, maybe they're ready for this kind of conversation. Maybe they're not. But without like extending it, you know, you never know wh- whose life you can change. So. <laughs> All to say, thank you for listening. I hope to uh, have you visit again at We Don't Die Radio, and we'll see you soon.